He tells that story about how he was like in a, in like the, the bed of a truck, just like passed out. Chewing on his belt. Yes. Where he like, yeah, he's like, I wake up in the back of a truck chewing on my belt. And he's like, he's like, and then I jump out of the moving car and run into a gas station and just start chugging chocolate milk in the aisle. Hiya, strangers, and welcome to Half-Assed History, the podcast where two embarrassingly unqualified people teach you about a topic. Get ready for some mildly incorrect information and a lot of side tangents. This is the podcast Half-Assed History, and and I'm Cola, and I'm with my friend Aaron, who's one of my favorite people. Um, You're one of my favorite people, too. I'm so glad this is mutual. Thanks. It's great. (laughs) works out because i can bully you to be on my podcast like i do everyone else yeah i was not i did not agree to this i feel completely bullied and coerced and forced into being part of this podcast just kidding this was super fun idea and i'm stoked to be here well i mean that's my entire aesthetic is just bullying people into things being a meanie being abrasive and coarse yeah but that's like not you though you're actually like pretty lovable (laughs) you know like I know you try to come off as like this dark princess, like, oh, I'm so hard to deal (laughs) with. Uh." But like everyone who knows you kind of loves you. I I don't I don't think I try to come off that way because I actually think like I'm pretty easy to get along with. Oh, for sure. I'm like, yeah, because I just you know what it is, though? It's because I just don't care. And so and that's why I adore you. When people have like tiffs about things, I'm just like, yeah, well, I don't have the energy. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really care about gossip. It's like, I like to hear stories. If you have interesting stories, I want to hear them. But like, I don't care to go tell people things. Yeah. And like, so when people are gossipy and weird and I'm like, yeah, I don't. Whatever. Yeah. Well, I think there's <laughs> there's a difference between like sharing stories and swapping stories and gossiping, you know, because like, yeah. You know, gossiping's like, oh my gosh, did you hear what Stacy's up to? Like, she did this thing. And I don't know. It's like, it's yeah. just like, it feels I like. I heard this from my cousin's sister's mom. That doesn't work yeah. out, but you know, it, it that would just be your like, aunt, but still. <laughs> yeah, it feels like it's behind people's back, you know? Like, you don't really want them to know what you're talking about, but like, mm-hmm. sharing stories is the opposite of that, where it's like sharing humanity with each other and sharing our experiences, and it's better. No, I don't. I think I'm easy to get along with, so. Well, you are. I just have a case of resting bitch face, typically, (laughs) and and I don't like to sugarcoat my words, and so I get labeled rude names. (laughs) It's not true. (laughs) What? Who's giving you rude names? Who do I need to, who do I need to roll up on? That's what I said. Like, that's not true. Mm -hmm. For the most part. (laughs) Yeah. You know, there's like, I feel like I get along pretty well with most people. I feel like I'm a pretty friendly person. But like occasionally, like I come across these people where I feel like they don't like me just because I'm well liked, you know? Yeah. You ever come across those people are weird. Yeah. Where it's like, there's this one dude at work who's like the husband of someone I get along with really well. And like, whenever I see him, I'm like, what's up, man? And he's just like, okay, you know, he's like, it's almost like he just like doesn't want to talk to me. But I, I want to talk to him because he always has like great shoes and like, I don't know. I like shoes. I'm a, <laughs> Fair. I'm a sneaker guy and he's got good taste. So I don't know. That's kind of weird. But at the same time, I don't feel like I need to be liked. Like, dude, if I'm not your cup of tea, like, that's fine. No worries. But, yeah. Yeah. You know what that is? It's because we're pretty secure in ourselves. Yes. We're like, yeah. Like we kind of know who we are and I, I don't hate myself. So I'm like, yeah, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Like I... It's like, I don't need to be liked. I don't need that, like, affirmation from other people. Because I'm like, eh, no. Sure. 
again, I like to hang out with me and my dogs. So (laughs) (laughs) if you don't want to like me, that is totally fine by me. (laughs) I feel like I feel like I have my insecure moments where I don't know, like I can get in my own head sometimes. But for the most part, I'm like really happy with who I am. Doesn't mean that there aren't things I can improve on. And like I'm trying to improve upon those things and become a better version of who I am currently. But I don't know. I don't feel like everyone has to love me, you know? Yeah. No, you, yeah, exactly. Like there's always things we can improve about ourselves, but you're not like completely self-loathing all the time and just being like, oh, everything about me is terrible. No. So it's like, oh. You can't be like that. Like everybody has like things about them that they can admire about themselves. For sure. As much as I dislike people, I also really like people. Mm Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, you know, it's like, I don't want to deal with you, but I think you're all beautiful people. (laughs) (laughs) Aw, that's like the sweetest thing I've ever heard you say. (laughs) The truth comes out, everyone. Take note of that. I think you're all beautiful and please stay away from me. (laughs) You know what? I think I just got like like a glimpse into the future when you're like accepting an academy award or something i think you're all beautiful people but please stay away from me like have a good night and then you just walk off stage truly that'll (laughs) be my speech i'll mark it down it's gonna happen (sighs) wonderful Mm -hmm. (laughs) great so what can't wait what's this thing what's this thing that you're gonna teach me about today because like you seem you've been like kind of eager all week like in our marco polos (laughs) you've just been like i found this thing and i'm so excited and like You've given me no hints whatsoever. I have no clue what's coming. But That's the point. I hope you think my thing is cool because like I think it's cool. I think it's interesting. And I have like this connection to it in this weird way. Yeah, which really piqued my interest when you said that. I was like, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. What? (laughs) Yeah, it's like, I don't know. Maybe you'll think it's super lame though, but I think it's so interesting. It's like, anyway, but I want to hear you about your thing first. Okay, so... For context about this, um, when I bullied you into (laughs) being on this podcast. You didn't bully me. uh, I was excited. I, you were like, well, what topics are they, like, what topics is it on? And I was like, kind of anything. So we've done things from like pre-Civil War and, you know, uh, the history of of uh, geez, of vampires to uh, third nipples. And you were like, I can't believe somebody took third nipples. Now what am I going to do? <laughs> and so it became this thing of like, it became this thing where you were like, I'm going to find something so weird. And I was like, it almost made me be like, well, now I got to find something even weirder. <laughs> and so I tried to find some weird topics okay. and it was a little bit harder than I thought it was going to be. But I searched and searched and then I think I have found one that will just make you go, I'm sorry, what? I'm a little nervous. Um, well, just a little. So No, it's it's great. <laughs> it's not anything bad. It's You're literally going to be like, you made this up. <laughs> I didn't. Um, <laughs> I'm so excited. What is that? <laughs> so, okay. I chose the Princeton cat experiment. The- have you heard of it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um. Do you know anything about the Princeton cat experiment? Hey, I, I, I know of Princeton University, the Ivy League school sure. in Princeton, New Jersey. Um, That's the one. I know about cats, felines, um, you know, the nine live creatures that are adorable and cuddly. And uh, I know about experiments, but I've never heard of those three things put together in the same object so i'm really anxious to hear what this is about it's crazy that we have never heard of this because basically there were two researchers at princeton who turned a real 
live cat into a telephone. <laughs> I'll give you a minute. <laughs> Like, I'm like picturing, you know, like one of those old school telephones where you like, you have to set it down on the receiver and there's like a rotary. For sure. <laughs> I'm just picturing yep. a cat just like slung over like this towel rack. <laughs> you just have to pick it up and it, you know, and you stick it. <laughs> what in the world? What were, when was this and what were they smoking? The corners of my eyes are like tearing a little bit from like <laughs> the laughter and the absurdity of this thing that you've introduced me to. You're welcome. That's the beauty of this podcast. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that is great. All right. So in 1929, Ernest uh, Weaver and Charles Bray decided to make a cat telephone because, you know, like Gilligan's Island had the coconut telephone. And then in the 90s, we had like the slinky telephone. And so they were just like, guys, let's the make slinky, one out of a cat. The slinky telephone? Did you never see a slinky telephone? I had one. No. It was literally a slinky. Okay. So like, does it like stretch like a slinky and you just like put one end to your mouth and the other to your ear? So there was a base and then it had a slinky and then the top part, you um, clicked a button and it opened up. So it was like a circle and it flipped open. And so you would literally hold it and then you could like walk around and basically like the cord was the slinky. Oh, okay. That's kind of cool. They were great. Yeah. Bless and I never, the 90s. I never, I never watched Gilligan's Island, but I mean, it sounds like a coconut telephone would be something on Gilligan's Island. Yeah, I didn't watch it either. I just know that they made a, t- a coconut telephone or tried yeah. to or something. I don't know. It's a big thing. The professor and his coconut telephone. It's not like the magic conch from SpongeBob or anything. I don't know because I didn't watch SpongeBob. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I know. Okay. Cool. Um. So seasons. <laughs> Are we gonna have a friendship timeout? <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, SpongeBob's not for everybody, but I feel like you should give seasons two and three a chance. They're free to watch on Amazon Prime right now. No, seriously, don't give me that face. Like seasons two and three are legitimately like very funny, but like everything before that and after that, like, yeah, you don't really need it. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Cole, I would never lead you astray. I will maybe try. <laughs> maybe. That's a no. That was a very yeah, soft rejection. A- that was like. That's a very, like, italicized maybe. <laughs> well, maybe try. It's not just italicized. It's, like, in, like, five-point font with, like, five little it's dots small. after it. Like, maybe. I don't know. I, there's um the DuckTales, like, remake that I need to watch. St- I know. So I got a lot of things to catch up on. So if I ever make it to SpongeBob, it'll be down the list. But anyways. Anyways. So. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Why did these two researchers make a telephone cat or a cat telephone or whatever? Who even knows what to call it? Because who knows? So they were actually researching how sound is perceived by the auditory nerve. And in order to to do this, they were like, well, we need access to a real auditory nerve. So they were like, you know what? Cat. Let's get a cat. (laughs) And... Could you even imagine if anyone did this nowadays? Like PETA would lose their mind. <laughs> well, PETA can suck it because they're terrible. And that's my personal opinion. They but. actually very much are. Uh, we would just never be able to do this, though, because there would be way too many animal rights people stopping it. Oh, and yeah. So, people would lose their shiz. Yeah, it wouldn't be good. So how did this thing work? So basically, first they sedated the cat. Bless them, because, you know, obviously they had to, because I don't know if you've ever even tried to give a cat a bath. It doesn't work well. Yeah, for real. So turning it into a phone would probably not go well. So <laughs> they sedated it, and then they opened up the cat's skull to gain access to its auditory nerves. Whoa. Where 
Yep. <laughs> where they, yeah, where they attached uh, one end of a telephone wire to the nerve and then the other to a telephone receiver, basically creating a transmitter. Oh my gosh. Weaver, who was one of the two mad scientists, then took the telephone receiver. <laughs> they would be mad I mean, scientists. Let's be real. I'm like picturing two they guys are. with like like frizzy sprouted hair that's just kind of like oh. shooting out in every direction and they've got big goggles that sit on their forehead. And they probably talk like this, like <laughs> you know. Which, um, by the way, I'm about to send you a picture of these dudes because Oh, there's a I photograph. For sure, I for sure have one. Let me find it. Here we go. I'm so excited. They look like they are Marvel villains from Captain America. Oh my gosh, yeah. The dude in the back is terrifying. <laughs> they, they've got like a supervillain vibe going on. Mad scientists yeah. right there. Yeah. So anyways, Weaver, this one dude, um, took the telephone receiver and he went into a soundproof room 50 feet away. Then Bray spoke into the cat's ears and Weaver could hear him through the receiver. <laughs> that is so weird. I know. I literally wrote, I'm sorry, but what? <laughs> like, how? Oh my know. gosh. That is that is freaking weird. Like, okay, I don't know. I grew up with cats, okay? Like, whenever we Same. had, like, a family pet, it was a cat. Like, my mom did not want to have dogs because dogs are high maintenance. You don't understand. For sure. You, you, you have no <laughs> idea how that is. Not at all. Yeah. But, uh... So I like cats. Like, I have I have tender feelings toward felines. So, the like, the thought of cracking open a cat's skull and turning it into this weird cyborg telephone Ugh. is like yeah weird i don't like that but like what it's yeah it's crazy so stick with me oh there's more here we go <laughs> nothing too nothing too crazy after that but um the common theory at the time was that when a sound got louder the frequency would get higher so when weaver and bray's experiment was successful and they were able to turn a cat into a telephone, it actually provided proof to that theory. So they were like, hey, cool. They basically were like, high five, whatever. And basically were like, we need to validate this further. So they performed more experiments on the poor cat. Oh, come and on. I know. They reattached the telephone wire to two different parts of the brain um, and restricted blood flow to the brain to see if it would work. What? And it did not. Yep. It did not work, and they realized that um, the frequency of the response in the auditory nerve is directly correlated to the frequency of the sound, which is like a whole lot of jargon. It's like, okay. <laughs> but they're proving things. Um, <laughs> we are proving yay. things, yay. Ivy yeah, League. They weren't, they weren't just turning a cat into a telephone for funsies. They were actually like, we proved things, which is like even more bonkers that's, um, that's actually what they do at ivy league university it's like they truly. like the funding and the researching it all, it's all just funsy stuff it's like right someone over at yale is like let's make underwear that smells like popcorn and they just do it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure why not popcorn <laughs> yeah this is a great use of our, our our dollars yeah so the cat survived the first test but then they decided to kill the cat and try it again on round two. Oh my gosh and uh they their hypothesis or whatever their test was not successful on the dead cat so basically that poor little kitty died for nothing and it could have lived a life of like a celebrated hero because it proved this theory but no fine they had to kill it Ugh. which was really disappointing to read i was like it lived and then it was like and then they tried again and it died and i was like oh ah, that's so cruel i do not like that i don't like that plot's point i don't either but i guess they did it to try and 
like uh, kind of like test their theory again and they were like oh it doesn't work Mm -hmm. this way so it was kind of like well we know like it kind of still proved stuff but it was still like it bums me out Mm because i like cats too we grew up with them that's sad yeah for sure dang especially since it lived the first time and it was like you turned a cat into a phone and it lived like that's incredible oh my gosh anyway yeah it just blows my mind like what what kind of like quality of life do you think that cat had after that first experiment though? Like it had to have been yeah. pretty messed up. Yeah, probably wasn't great. When was this oh, again? 1929. 1929? Mm-hmm. Okay, my event takes place like around the similar time period. But uh, no, you finish your fun. thing though, like I will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will. I will. So, um even though this was like banana balls crazy they actually won (laughs) that's a new one i haven't heard that one oh it's my favorite i actually stole it from uh thor the dark world when darcy says it when jane is on a date and she's like our friend eric he went banana balls and i was like that's mine (laughs) i'm taking this (laughs) i don't even remember the dark world like in my heart thor ragnarok will forever be the greatest thor movie at least until the fourth one by taika waititi comes out um yeah, banana balls crazy. Like I'm I'm logging that away in my personal dictionary as well. That's great. Yeah. She was like, he went banana balls and I was like, I'm stealing that phrase. And so I wait, use it all the time now. Is that Natalie Portman saying that line? No, it's Kat Dennings, who plays Darcy, like her research assistant. She like oh. crashes the date to be like, Hey, so your meter is like acting crazy and all this stuff. Cause she's like, What are you doing here? And she's like, This is you know, this is nuts. And then somehow like somebody asks about Somehow Eric gets brought up like Stellan Skarsgård and she's like, uh-huh. our friend Eric, he went banana balls. And then later they show him running around Stonehenge in his underwear. So yeah, he did go banana balls. That's so funny. Like just, just imagining Natalie Portman's character, like saying something along the lines of banana balls crazy is just so foreign to me because, you know, she's like so refined yeah. and beautiful and it's like, no, but she it wasn't never... her. It was, it was Kat Dennings. Yeah. Kat was Dennings. The See, assistant. that makes a lot more sense. But for sure <laughs> yeah she's she's super fun i haven't seen that movie she's in a great. long time i should revisit it there you go do it so they actually won the first ever howard crosby warren medal of society by the society of experimental psychologists for their work so people were like you did great work which again <laughs> is still like so crazy to me do you like, think students... you made a telephone cat yeah do you think some <laughs> students are like taught this in college somewhere where it's like oh yeah these two made great strides in the field of feline communication like where where are these guys being praised i bet that they are and i'll get to it so oh my gosh um okay i know i'm sorry i this was supposed to be a short one and it's gone on i love Um, it great so the discovery of frequency correlation led to medical breakthroughs and even helped the military during world war ii so good job whoa Yes. And on top of that, their cat telephone actually helped lay the foundations for the first cochlear implants, which if you don't know what they are, they are these fantastic implants. implants, Yes. That deaf people can get, and then they can actually help them hear. So this cat telephone literally led to deaf people being able to hear. Oh (laughs) my goodness. I know. We need a shrine of this cat. Like, it needs to be bronzed somewhere on, probably on, uh, you know, the Princeton land. 
no, campus. I was afterward. thinking the same thing. This cat needs a statue. Maybe there is one, and we just don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if like, I feel like Who knows? we could take creative liberties on this statue and make it look like a Thundercat or something. We can give him like a sweet sword and like bad A armor, like something like that. Give him the respect he deserves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like the the statue will be more representative of the cat's soul than his actual body. I'm starting a petition. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like you can you can to find get the, this cat. Yeah, we'll feature a yeah. link at the end of this video at, <laughs> where you can sign the petition. Right. Did the, did the cat have a name? Not that I was ever told. Not mm. that they ever mentioned, which is sad. Um. So what happened with Weaver and Bray? Uh, Soon after their discovery, Bray became an associate professor at Princeton University and later the associate research director of the U.S. Air Force Human Resources Research. Whoa. Um, During World War II, he served as one of the leading scientists of the civilian psychological research uh, for both the National Defense Research Council and the Navy. So big deal. Um, Weaver became the head of the Department of Psychology at Princeton and worked with Dr. Julius Lempert of the Lempert Institute of Otology uh, to research atosclerosis, which is an abnormal bone growth in the ear that leads to hearing impairment due Hmm. to the ear's inability to amplify sound. Then during World War II, Weaver was a consultant to the National Research Council on Anti-Submarine Warfare. He found that men with musical abilities were the best sonar operators, regardless of what instrument they played. So, Aaron, you would totally be a great sonar operator. You know, I I always knew I was meant for something more. Yeah, there you go. So they basically turned a cat into a telephone, but neither of them were very interested in the practical use of their discovery. (laughs) So I'm just like, what? Like... It's the it's the craziest thing. I'm like, why did you do it? But apparently they cared more about the protocol and methodology to run these tests than, you know, the practical use of it. Like nice. they were like, nah, we're not going to make cochlear implants. Somebody else can. So that is the Princeton cat telephone. That is so <laughs> weird. It's not third nipples, but it is a cat telephone. Oh, my gosh. That is so. How did you even come across this? I searched for so long on Google to just find a weird enough topic. And everyone, I was like, kind of weird, kind of weird. What's this? (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. A cat telephone, you say? (laughs) See, with my topic, it was like, it had crossed my mind or crossed, it's like, I had heard about this thing that happened like a long time ago, where it's like, that sounds like it could be fake. Like, is this real? And then I searched it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is real. And it took place at this place. And so I just like, all I did was read his Wikipedia page. Okay. Like I didn't do like a ton of research, but like I know enough to be on the half-ass podcast about it, you know? Great. (laughs) So it doesn't take much. (laughs) It doesn't take much. And like, it's kind of crazy. I don't know. Are you ready for it? Like, I'm so ready. Teach me something. I'm going to teach you about the great molasses flood of 1919. (gasps) You've heard of this? I know about this, but I don't, I know about it, but like, it's one of those things I learned about and then I was like, whatever. And I don't remember any of the details. I just know what happened. So I'm pretty sure this is one of those things that everybody like kind of knows this happened, but like, don't know the details. Yeah. It was on drunk history, I think at one point. So people might, a couple people might know it from that. Oh, for real? So do you know where it takes place? Is it in Boston? Yeah, you got it. Yeah. yeah. Hey. 
okay, you good. The, you win the grand prize, which is my undying friendship. So the great molasses flood of Boston of 1919, also also called the Boston Molassacre. And I, d- <laughs> I did not yes. make that up. Like that is straight from the Wikipedia page where it's like, oh, it's also referred to as the Boston Molassacre because I guess New Englanders like puns. Um, Incredible. I've not actually heard it called that. So that's fantastic. Yeah. So anyway, um, for, for those of you who don't know, I actually served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in the city of Boston, Massachusetts. So I've been to the streets where this happened, okay? Like, when I found out this took place in Boston, I was like, <gasps> no way, you know? Because that, right. that city has, like, my heart, you know? That's, that's, like, one of the places I will own a home when I'm, like, this crazy New York Times bestselling writer. Like, it's important for me to have a home in New England. Um, but <laughs> anyway, anyway... So <laughs> this happened in 1919. So this happened like precisely 100 years ago. Okay. Yeah. So the Purity Dis- Distilling Company had shipped over um, this vat of, of molasses uh, to the Boston, you know, <laughs> you're already laughing. It's so it's ridiculous. So I know. Stupid. Yeah. I know. It's great. But like this <laughs> devastated upper, bar- upper Boston, like for oh, yeah. blocks and blocks, like, Buildings were taken off of their foundations and crushed. And like, yeah, molasses three feet deep, three feet deep in molasses. <laughs> just molasses for days. Which um, is like so much molasses. I like, know. Like, how many, okay, how, how, how many pancakes would it take to like. Oh, to soak it up. <laughs> yeah. Because here's the thing it, it was 2.3 million gallons of molasses. Yeah. Oh. My gosh. So what are we talking? Like 10 million pancakes? No, that's like, no, that's like a billion pancakes. It was, it was, okay, wait, say that again. How many, how many gallons? 2.3 million. 2.3 million. That is uh, 1% of the BP oil spill. Oh my that's God. A, that's a lot. This, what are, what are we doing living on this earth? I don't know. <laughs> why, why are humans so terrible? At so many things. It's like, oh, first, first it was the molasses, and that wasn't enough for you. You had to spill all this oil into the ocean. Good grief. I mean, the Exxon Valdez was uh, 11 million gallons, so... Dang. Not, not much more than... <laughs> much more than the, <laughs> the molasses. Mm-hmm. That's so much. Where so, was it kept? Okay, teach me. So this happened because, like, first off, the vat that it was contained in, like wasn't in great shape like reports said that there was like creaking noises when they like filled it up and like it was like <laughs> it's like there were there were some obvious telltale signs that, like maybe you shouldn't use this tank but they just went ahead and sure. did it anyway because it's 1919 and it's like well if we're gonna die we're gonna die <laughs> <laughs> except that's it's about Bo- right except it's in boston so they probably said like well everybody dies anyway and like pocky cotton square and that kind of stuff but a bunch of them are like, we have lived through the Civil War. Shut <laughs> up about your creaking vat. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Fine. No, for any New Englanders listening to this, I apologize for my terrible accent. And I know, like, <laughs> most people in New England don't even have that accent anymore. It's usually just, like, super old people who, like, lived in Boston for most of their lives. But anyway, wow, I am a tangent machine right now. Anyway, so they, 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 they transported this vat to Boston. And they, like, they had kind of, like, warmed up the molasses because... It was, like, better for transporting it, but this was in January, so the temperature had risen to, like, 40 degrees Fahrenheit, 
you know, it had been like super cold the past little while. And just, I guess with the adjusting temperature, the, the vat just gave way. And like with the reports, <laughs> yeah, the report said that the sound of the molasses like bursting onto the street and like flooding North Boston's North end was like the sound of a freight train. And get this, the molasses oh, moved. The molasses, Harvard, Harvard University recently did a study to verify this, but it was recorded that the molasses moved at a speed of 35 miles per hour through the streets. Jeez, yeah, okay. Yeah, and get this, like 21 people died and yeah. 150 were injured. And like in, in horses too were like buried and killed. I knew people had died. I didn't know it was 21 people. That's a lot of people to die. Yeah, that's like because that's a when- full on massacre. Yeah, and when you think about molasses, you're like, this is hilarious. Like, it must have just been, like, so slowly going down the street. How did people (laughs) die? And then you're, like, 35 miles an hour for warmed-up molasses just, like, coming straight at you. Yeah. Would be terrifying. Like, what? how would you... How... You would never be able to prepare for that scenario in your entire life. Ever. Exactly. Well, there's probably someone somewhere that's, like... I gotta be ready just in case the molasses that breaks. <laughs> I, gotta be, I gotta be prepared. It's like that, that that person, like that that guy who's like scared of the Russians in Stranger Things season three, but it like turns out that he's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there was probably some molasses guy. There was someone sitting up on a building that was like, "I warned you. I warned all of you." You know, truly. Anyway, so like it's kind of funny to talk about it first, but then I, when I learned that twenty one people died and like one hundred and fifty yeah. were injured, it's like, oh, like this is. This is actually terrible. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 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 So 2.3 million gallons of molasses. And uh, I want to I read you this account because this is an account yes, yes. from an individual. His name's Stephen Puglio. Um, how nearby building. He, he describes how like nearby buildings were like devastated. Anyway, this is what he said. Molasses, waist deep, covered the street and swirled and bubbled about the wreckage. Here and there struggled to form. Whether it was animal or a human being was impossible to tell. Only an upheaval, a thrashing about in that sticky mass, showed where any life was. Horses died, like so many flies on sticky flypaper. The more they struggled, the deeper in the mess they were ensnared. Human beings, men and women, suffered likewise. Oh my gosh. That is chilling. That's horrifying. That's a Stephen King entry. Like, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, it's funny at first, but then it's like, oh. But get this, there's, there's like, I hate to say, oh, there's a silver lining, because, like, there's no silver lining to, like, tons of people being injured and killed. Sure. Um, But this was actually, like, a landmark, what do I call it? It's like, this was one of the first cases of, like, a lawsuit being presented against a private company in the United States. Oh. Yeah, because, like... Let me read this to you. Local residents brought a class action lawsuit against the United States Industrial Alcohol Company, because that's the the name of the company that owned the distillery. Mm -hmm. Blah, 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 blah. So the company ultimately paid out $628,000 in damages. So adjusted for inflation, that would be like $9 million in 2018. All right. Yeah. Good. So they had to like pay out mass sums of money to the families of the victims. So each family yeah. ended up getting like $7,000, which today would be about $100,000. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's not great. Well, I mean, like but... you can't like replace loved ones with any amount no. of money, but No. Yeah, it's a uh, But at least they won, you know. Yeah, but like yeah, this paved the ways for class action lawsuits against irresponsible companies, you know. Yeah. Um because oh my gosh, this is terrible. But the there, like 
it turns out like they they worked for weeks to get like the streets cleaned up and everything they were using like sand yeah. to absorb the molasses and they used uh, salt water from a fireboat to wash away the molasses and like they said for 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 decades afterwards on like hot days the streets would still smell like molasses. Okay. Yeah, it was yeah. just like, it was everywhere. And like they said, like for years and years, like every surface was just sticky. Like it was just Ugh. gross. It's like everything has been touched by a toddler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, entire, um, the entire city. So, so I've walked the streets where this happened. And the north end yeah. of Boston is like one of my favorite areas of the city because it's like these really tight, narrow streets that are like kind of like, stuck together in jagged weird ways it's like and that's where like uh the north church was you know where paul revere saw the two lanterns and where he had his like famous ride like that's north end that's where the molasses flood happened but most of that part of town is like fantastic pizzerias and italian restaurants like a few blocks away from the massacre uh regina's pizzeria is right there and that's actually like the first a uh, brick oven pizzeria in America, and it is delicious. Oh, I love brick oven pizza. Mm-hmm. No, seriously, like... seriously cool. Like you and I, you and I should go on a trip to Boston, and we'll just like eat all no. the pizza in that city because it is delicious. Remember, you, you, me, and Brandon were like, we should all go somewhere. Yeah, maybe Boston. My biggest issue is I have dumb dogs that I'm like, mm. what do I, what do I do with you? Do you know anyone? I need who to could, make like, dogs at them. I was just going to say, I need to make like close friends here that I trust with my animals because that's my biggest issue is that I don't trust anyone with them because I would love to go to Boston. Boston is so dope. Yeah. I mean, like the great thing about Boston is it's like deceptively small. You know, it's like I live, I live in a city called Lehigh in, in Utah. Um, Honestly, Boston is probably about the same size as Salt Lake City. Like you can walk from, Hmm. from Charleston you know, just north of Cambridge, down to Boston, down to, like, Boston University, probably in, like, an hour, you know? Like, you can traverse most of the city in, like, an hour or two. It's not that huge. It's just pretty dense. Interesting. Yeah. and I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Based on, like, where it is, you know, that makes sense, but, yeah. And it's a city where if you only have, like, a day or two to spend there, you can do some really cool things and feel like you saw the city, but if you have, like, a week or two, you're still not going to run out of things to do. Yeah, that's that's super cool. Yeah, so I love Boston, and I want to go back someday. It's just traveling is tough, you know? Flights are expensive, man. For sure. For it's sure. hard in the U.S. because we're so landlocked by everything. And so, you know, it's like it, like I had a friend come visit from South Africa, and she was like... Oh, that's dope. Uh, it was when I lived in, uh, in Utah, in southern Utah, and she was like... Hey, like, how far is Texas? And I was like, yeah, that's going to be like a 20-hour drive because we were road tripping up California. And she was like, she's like, oh, like, would Texas be worth it? Can we, could we maybe, like, uh, detour to Texas? And I was like, yeah, you can't detour to Texas. <laughs> that is a, like, week-long trip if we're doing that in the opposite direction because... And, like, I mean, she's from South Africa, so she understands, like, I mean, Africa's huge, so she can kind of grasp that. But mm-hmm. I've got a lot of friends in Western... Europe and they're just like yeah we just took like an hour flight to like eastern Europe and I'm like yeah we can't do that (laughs) my hour-long flight still leaves me from Utah to Utah it doesn't even take (laughs) me out of there like so it's so so difficult so what what was she hoping to see in Texas not there's any not that there's nothing to do in Texas but like yeah but like why was that on her radar I don't know actually um 
because I've thought about it before and I'm like, why did Texas get brought up? And I can't remember why it did. I have no idea. Cowboys? She wanted to see Cowboys? No, for sure not. <laughs> she wanted to see the Cowboys, the NFL team. <laughs> for sure not, because I would have put a stop to that super quick. <laughs> I yeah, or do like, not like that team. So is it is it like a Raiders versus Cowboys thing? or? Um, it's. I mean, it's mainly like the Raiders and uh, the Broncos, which like everyone in Utah loves because Utah doesn't have a team. Yeah. So we just like steal other states. But... Um, <laughs> But no, I just have never liked the Cowboys. I don't know. They've just, ne- I just have always hated them. Mm-hmm. And it might just be because I don't like Cowboys and country things. So maybe <laughs> as a child, I was just like, ugh. Where do you live again? And it's just stuck. I know. <laughs> I know. And you know what's funny is that the two places that I looked at moving were Texas and Tennessee. And it's like, you hate all the things at these places. <laughs> but. I don't care what people say. Nashville has like a very California vibe to it because it's just a bunch of people that have moved there. And it's like, let's open art shops and coffee shops. And I'm like, yes, let's do. Yeah, let's do both <laughs> of those things. Great. Let's do all of this with food. I remember when I went and visited you out in Nashville and like, yeah, there's a strong country vibe. Like there's definitely like you got your country like bars and stuff like that. But yeah. there's lots of other things to do, too. And oh, my gosh, hot chicken. I have like missed hot chicken Ever since you took me to that one place and fed me delicious, incredible, spicy hot chicken. What's so great is that um, now that I live in like proper Nashville, because I I was like an hour away when you visited and I was, you came in the middle of a week when I was working. And so we didn't have a lot of time to spend in the city. You got to come back out now because I'm like right here. Uh And there are like, we went to like an off brand. It's not an off brand. It's like a sort of well-known hot chicken place. But in Nashville, oh, I'm there sure there's is everything. Like, oh, and there's like the original hot chicken, which is Bolton's. Mm. And I took my friend when he came to visit in July, and he was like in tears crying because it was so hot, but it was so good. <laughs> and he's like, that's all. He's like, I just want more. <laughs> but it's so hot. It's incredible. So, and now I know like all the good places to eat in nashville too and it's like nashville can can be kind of country but it's mainly like downtown is very country bars because that's what everyone like that's what all the tourists want to come see right right? so they're like i'll go get my cowboy boots and go to a country (laughs) bar but it's like nothing else in this city Mm -hmm. is at all country like i've never come across anything country just like (laughs) out in the city other than downtown so i respect that no i definitely want to come out and visit it's just tough to make the time but it will happen right. it will um ooh, speaking of hot chicken um did you see my instagram post like a week or two ago about our own like hot ones challenge that we did at work no yeah so okay i work i work for a company called vivant solar um we do like solar panels and right now i work in customer experience as a project manager but I used to be in marketing as a copywriter. And marketing likes doing fun things because creative people like doing fun things. Sure. They decided to do this marketing activity where they went to Chick-fil-A and got like some of those like big platters of chicken nuggets. Okay. And like the best. Yeah, they're they're so good. What it's I want like, served at my wedding and funeral and every event. <laughs> <laughs> You're not even gonna have them at your own funeral, Cola doesn't matter i need them there so people know i love them (laughs) anyways anyway continue 
everything at Chick-fil-A is made with love. And I can attest because I worked there for over two years. So uh, you're welcome. That's right. You did. I I completely like spaced that for a hot moment. Yeah. Anyway. uh, It was my pleasure. So so they got this big platter of Chick-fil-A nuggets and they treated it just like that uh, that internet talk show hot ones where everybody was given a plate with 10 nuggets and like every nugget was was dressed with a progressively hotter and hotter hot sauce it started with sriracha which is like 2200 scoville or something like that and like that's weak that's weak sauce okay but uh i don't remember the name of the last one that we landed on but it was like 650,000 scoville okay so it's not like melt your face off but it's like melt your face off yeah (laughs) yeah but uh I did all ten nuggets. I did them all. I like. I cranked through them. I'm so proud. Yeah, it was. It was. I'm pretty so f- proud. Thank you. It was pretty fun, but like, it was like the eighth nugget. They used the uh, the bomb sauce, and like the only reason that sauce oh, exists no. is to be like super hot and like painful. Like, there's no flavor to it at all. It's just like no. It's hot. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, but when I ate- it's so fun to watch that show because you'll watch it and you can see everyone get to the. Uh, to the bomb and they're like I hate this one I hate it I hate it and then they'll get to like the last dab and they're like this one's better than that one and it's no, like really? and they've changed their lineup but they have kept the bomb because they're like yeah this one is the worst and oh, we yeah. need to put people through it oh yeah but like I ate that 10th one and I I wasn't sweating I wasn't tearing up but like after a minute my hands started to tingle and then I started to oh, feel no. dizzy and I was like <laughs> this is how I die. This is it for me. Like, this, this is, I hope I told my parents I love them recently. Um, but yeah, I like, it was fun. I would do it again. I would do it again tomorrow. Like, I liked it. My, my friend literally, we went, and so when you go to Bolton's, they have like no spice and then they have like mild, medium, hot, and then extra spicy. Mm. And I feel like there's another one in there on like the low side, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to just do medium because I don't need to prove anything. <laughs> Did it and still kick I'm you not in the face? Stupid. Yeah. And um, my friend was like, I've never had Nashville hot chicken and it's my first time here. And he's like, I'm going hot. And so he got hot. And then <laughs> okay. he literally like we were sitting down waiting for our food to come up. And there's this kid next to us that's like wiping tears and like standing at the trash can with like just napkins and he's like blowing his nose and he's just like a hot mess (laughs) and he looks at us and he's like hey he's like so what'd you guys order and my friend's like i got the hot and we're just waiting and he's like yeah that's what i got too and he's like he's like yeah i i like really love spicy food like i love spicy food and i went into this like a little bit too cocky and he's like (laughs) I'm so uncomfortable. I feel like I'm dying. And he's like, I can't even finish it. I can't. And so my friend got his and he's eating it. And he's like immediately turning red. He's got tears. And he's doing the thing where he's like, I feel like I'm high. He's like, like, I'm not. He's like, like my brain isn't here anymore. Which is like, if you watch hot ones, you'll yeah. get, you'll see them do that where they're like, I'm not okay. Like, I'm not fully here any longer. Yeah, like, it's this like a is weird messing psychedelic experience. Yeah. And then afterwards, my friend literally, he literally was like, I think they gave me extra spicy because I think they saw me come in and they were like, here's this white boy being all cocky and ordering the hot. And I was like, they for sure did not give you extra spicy. That was just their hot. Like, it's Bolton's. It's what they're known for. 
And like, I've heard them say that they actually do the opposite where they will have like a cocky white boy come in and be like, give me the extra spicy. And they're like, you're not getting the extra spicy. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, no. So, um, (laughs) that's cute, dude. Yeah. They're like, "Mm -hmm, sure, son. (laughs) If you haven't watched, oh, I made you watch ugly delicious. Oh yeah. It was good. Uh, before we went and got hot chicken when you were here, that's the place that they go to is Bolton's where he's like, he tells that story about how he was like in a, in like the, the bed of a truck, just like passed out chewing on his belt. Yes. Where he like, yeah, he's like, I wake up in the back of a truck chewing on my belt. And he's like, he's like, and then I jump out of the moving car and run into a gas station and just start chugging chocolate milk in the aisle and it's Bolton's. That's what he went and got. So wow. it's so good though. But it's Dang, like, you don't no, have to prove that, anything when you go. It's like, I got the medium and I was like, this is still hot. So yeah. it's like, don't, like, don't be a hero. Like don't buy extra spicy. Yeah. <laughs> don't be a yeah. hero kid. <laughs> it's fine. I need some hot chicken now. Yeah, seriously. Well, this was super duper fun. Thanks for inviting me to be on your podcast. You're welcome. Um, Yeah, if you ever want to do it again, just let me know. But until then, bye. Bye.